Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spieth, joined by Sean Forbes, OG Directory. How you doing, Sean? I'm great. Mr. Ken Hall with Missouri River Resources. He's the chairman, folks. He's also a member of the MHA Nation and a member of the National Indian Energy Association, which is a brand new association I just learned about today. So how are you doing, Mr. Ken Hall? Hey, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. So here's, a, here's how we met for the second time. I interviewed this gentleman 2016, 2018, impromptu interview. He just got done in a press conference. We're in the side press area. I think I was talking to your handler at the time. That's how important he is. He has a handler. Where were you? And over in the press area, that side room where they do press conferences. Here. Yeah, here at the in conference Bismarck. in okay. Bismarck. Gotcha. So we do a quick 10, 15 minute interview, get an update. I normally get an update from the CEO, not the chairman. The CEO, Dave Williams, former Fargo North football coach, Dave Williams. Baseball? Baseball. Baseball. Sorry, baseball. And uh, yeah, don't forget the mic. <laughs> So Dave Williams, by the way, is my boyhood friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, so Dave normally gives us an interview. And by the way, folks, and I'll let uh, Ken Hall talk more about it, but Missouri River Resources, their goal is to have a 100% Native American-run energy company from the secretary to the truck driver to the geologist to the chem fracist, the whole deal. I just made up a new word. The whole thing. Okay. So we're walking in, and I go... Chairman Hall, and here I thought it. I, I thought you were the chairman of the MHA Nation, but that's not you, is it? No, it's not. Who not is a, it? It was. It's Chairman Mark Fox currently. Mark Fox, who yes. I met before. Well, then you've got a brother. His uh, name is Tex Hall. Cousin, yes. Cousin, and, and in Indian way, of course, he's a brother. Yeah. Yes. He was and a former chairman. So I sat. And when he's I a g- former chairman. Yes. When I got on council, I sat two years with uh, Chairman Hall. And then the next two years, I sat with Chairman Fox. Okay. So that was my four-year term, so I sat with both of them for two years. Yeah. And so here, I've been working in the media for a long time, and, and your name, Tex Hall, okay, Ken Hall, Tex Hall, Mark Fox, these names are interchangeable to me in the media. I mean, I, whatever. So I recognize them. Chairman Hall, how are you doing? Well, we're talking a little bit. He looks over at me and he goes, I think you got me confused with my cousin. <laughs> and I go, I might. And they were talking some more. I said, well, you're on my advertisement banner. So here we are. It is. We did interview a few years ago. We figured out we got our bearings together. Boring story, Sean, I know. But for us, it was fun. And we thought we'd uh, bring nice everybody in. History. We also have Ken's picture on a, on a banner here. Right. At the booth. And yeah, that's that's that was cool. Some good history on that. So I, on I, that I told the story so we could show the fi- the picture online and both. Uh, is it Chairman Hall? Well, Chairman of the of Chairman the, of the uh, Chairman of the Missouri. Board for Missouri, yeah, Missouri River Resource. Correct. Right, but yeah. I suppose if I say that, somebody might yes. assume it's MHA yes. Nation. Okay, and you can so just say Ken Hall. That's Ken fine. Hall. Yes. Okay, Ken Hall. There we go. Well, we got to make sure we're not offend. <laughs> I offend a lot of people very quickly. So I wanna, anytime I can reduce the offense. So anywho, let's get to what's going on with Missouri River Resources first, if you wouldn't mind. Just a quick update on how Native American energy extraction is doing these days. Well, that's a good question. Thank you for having me, by the way. That's a, that was a great uh uh, intro as well as uh, the little history on how we met and long history and uh, it's good to be here again I know that I, I just had fun this morning networking getting to see so old nice faces to see people in person yeah and wasn't it oh my goodness exchange business cards mm-hmm. uh, just say hello how's everything going it was really neat and I'm glad they took the few hours this morning to do that um, 
So as far as a quick update, uh, uh, we did like everybody else uh, on the downturn of the oil prices and the global pandemic. Uh, we did a restructuring and then uh, went to basically a skeleton crew, uh, a staff and, and uh, service people. But uh, we're still being active. Uh, currently we have eight producing wells that we have drilled by ourselves, Indian owned and operated, Missouri River Resources. Oh, wow, what counties and, are these? Well, uh, in? it's in, uh, in, uh, in McKenzie, okay. McKenzie, and then there's, uh, they're both in uh, McKenzie County, I believe, the, the both of the, uh, and it might be part of Dunn possibly, but uh, McKenzie County mainly, yeah. Um, but then going forward, I think what I heard through some of the folks here I'm listening to, Continental uh, Resources, uh, the, they purchased Samson Oil out of Wyoming. You probably heard that. Yes. And then uh, Oasis uh, yep. just talked about uh, they purchased uh, QEP. Uh, and then, of course, Bruin uh, purchased uh, Interplus a few months back. So there's a lot of... Uh, you know what I call that? The calm before the storm. Calm before the storm. I seriously think that's a good be a big... The well, summer's going to be amazing. Well, here's the, here's the deal. Uh, we, we, we are on kind of pause right now. We're working through some things right now as far as staff and going forward. And uh, I think there's an opportunity here. I just talked to con some Absolutely. of the continental folks. And, and so the thing we talked about is partnerships, uh, you know, partnering together to, to drill up acreage. And I think we're, we're right there. I think we're, there's an open door here, an opportunity for Missouri River Resources to, to uh, kind of look at some partnerships so going forward. I got a question for you. When you... Let's say you engage with like a Continental Resources mm -hmm. or an Oasis. Now, they're going to drill on your land is kind of the first step, right? Well, that's a good question. Or are you now at well, the point where you can we're at the point where the contract out as yes. midstream? Yes, we're the operator. Get out of here. Yes. Awesome. Well, those, four, those eight wells I just shared with you? Yeah. Missouri River Resources, of course, like contracted well, out, just like you mentioned. Well, yeah. yes. completed, so and now the they're operator. producing. <clears throat> and here's the, the, the best part of that. So when we're the majority owner, as a native owner and op operator, we're tax exempt. Oh. So the state of North Dakota would not be able to apply their extraction and production tax on us. So now That's wouldn't that be savings. Wouldn't that be attractive for a partner? Turn right. So I got a similar story that's about cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> let's uh, let's go from oil to cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forty-five minutes south of Fargo is the uh, Dakota Magic Casino. Ah, okay. Yes. You're, you're familiar yes. with. Yes. Yes. I've been there. Well, we did a story on Dakota Magic a number of years ago. I'm talking to the guy. He's telling me that their tobacco in the their shop. So many people drive from so many miles because there's no state or federal tax. Oh, wow. So you yes. can get a pack of smokes for under two bucks. R.J. Reynolds, Philip Morris, had to call the casino and say, guys, you can't be selling this many smokes. Something's happening. Right, right. Well, people from 90 miles were loading up their trunk, bringing it back to the neighborhood and, and giving out packs of smokes for the, you know. You know what? Crazy thing about that? I went so to the, that, I, I went to the that's final. That's a relevant example. I went to the final four in Minneapolis. Yeah. And a taxi driver said that very thing. Yeah. He goes to Fargo to get his cigarettes. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. He drives up there to get them? Well, and it, get it, cartons, not it, just one pack. Right. They, they, <laughs> right. they get cartons because it's hundreds of dollars of savings. So oh. if one guy is doing it for the whole neighborhood, well, yeah, you, you might as can, well. Can you imagine the taxpayer in downtown Minneapolis that had to pay for their uh, stadium? Oh, oh, right, right. Yeah, no So kidding. that was one of the issues. The taxes are like unbelievable. So let's get back to the savings here because yes. the 
oil and gas uh, industry in North Dakota actually has one of the highest extraction production taxes in the United States. Last I checked, it was 10 and a half, 11 and a half, 11 percent, something like that. It gets a flat tax according to the state right now. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's, of, uh, yeah. And then there's triggers that yes. you, if there's not a certain yes. amount of uh, energy extracted, it gets pulled and it goes away. So, and that actually happened in the last couple of years, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that's very advantageous for you then to have to go in and say, "Listen, we're not taxed here, so that we got we got a little wiggle room." Yes, play well, room to, well, let's let's think about that when you yeah, say let's. when you when you say the highest in the nation. Okay. One of them. Yeah. One of them. But we're in a Bakken. Yeah. Nobody else can say that. So your rate of return. Right. I mean, it's pretty lucrative. So I was you know showing I mean? Sean Forbes here, by the way, this Bakken oil. So we at the booth here, we have a, um, what, a flask, a glass perfume flask, if you will, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's straight got crude. Straight. This is right out of the earth. Yeah. Right out of the earth that has not been refined. I'll put a picture of it, maybe a video of it online. But this is, you could actually put this into a old school diesel right. engine and it would actually and, run. And some of the farmers did that as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, a trial run. Oh, and, that's funny. And their machine right from the wellhead right into their machinery and boom, just start it right up. Smoke like crazy, but it'll run. <laughs> right. <laughs> The other thing I wanted to make sure that the listeners understood when it comes to the difference between Native American energy and American energy, we'll just call it that, is that you have a whole different process that you have to go through to get a permit. And the way I try to explain it to people is that when I got into this industry, it was a 49-step process. Yes, correct. And then I know Senator Hoven was very active on trying to reduce the number of right. uh, steps, but now it's down to three or four different steps. Explain that whole process. Well, that's, that's a good question. And we talked about it earlier. Uh, you know, if you were off the reservation and from signing a lease to getting your first royalty check, it was a four-step process. But now you enter the reservation because of the bureaucracy uh, it was a 49-step process because of all the federal agencies that had to be involved. And a lot of times the right-of-ways would take up to six months to a year, and that was the frustrating part for, for a lot of the oil companies. And so we started early on a, a Land and Mineral Owners Association addressing some of these cumbersome uh, regulations. And at the time, Senator Dorgan uh, was the... Uh, uh, chair of the Senate of Indian Affairs Committee and uh, for, the, for the nation. And uh, there was a group of people that went to D.C. and lobbied and told them about this whole cumbersome process. And they came up with a one-stop shop concept. And it took 10 years, but it did happen. They have a service center in Denver, Colorado. It's called a service center and where they streamlined this whole process. And so that was some of the work early on uh, to to help with uh, the industry and, of course, help with our land and mineral owners as well. Is it? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, how much time does that save with the one-stop shop process versus the 49 steps? Well, you're talking months, I suppose, but if you ask, yeah. I remember when I first got into this, it would take almost nine months to get that 49 step, almost a year. Versus, okay, if you were, let's say you and I, Sean Forbes, Mm -hmm. on a private North Dakota piece Mm -hmm. of three days. Right. Three days versus nine months to a year. That's what mm-hmm. I was told mm-hmm. 10, mm-hmm. seven eight right. years ago. Yeah. So part of that, uh, the understanding of that is the Bureau of Indian Affairs yes. is our fiduciary. They're the trust responsibility. So uh, 
and so you have to go through their process, which is a governmental process. And uh, but I think there's ways that uh, with the Bakken uh, and technology was the game changer, as everybody knows, was technology for the Bakken, and uh, they become more efficient. Uh, the uh, the operators now, because early on it took it was twelve to fifteen million dollars to to drill one well. Now they got it down to probably six seven million. Jeez. And so they have become very efficient. Very. And I think the whole process that we're talking about was very cumbersome early on. I think that process has kind of slowly developed into more more of a smoother uh, and not as cumbersome as initially from the start. Yeah. Do you see that office moving to Grand Junction? Pardon me? Do you see that one-stop shop moving to Grand Junction? Because that's where the, uh, isn't that where they opened up the big BLM office out in Grand Junction? And aren't they under the same kind of purview? Yes, yes. And, and our push back in the early days was these federal agencies because there were like field offices, yeah. right? And our push was to have them on site. Let's create a field office on site where all the activities at. Oh, that Doesn't sense. that make sense? Yeah. And so rather than mailing or shipping something or, you know, yeah. have someone right there. And I think that was our push early on. And we know that they came, start coming more frequently, mm -hmm. you know, to speed up some of that process. But, yeah, I think uh, the more that they can be uh, involved in, in a quicker turnaround, the better for everybody. The other thing that I'd like to talk about is the energy empowerment. Now, I want to define the word empowerment because empowering is different than just giving somebody money or food. Right. Empowering is actually getting them the tools and the ability to create a generational right. type of right. longevity for the family and their culture and their sustainability. When David Williams and I would talk about that, that goal of Missouri River Resources, that was a huge part of it was to empower a truck driver to go start his own business, to mm -hmm. actually empower the florist in the town of the oil and gas mm -hmm. because of just the impact. So we talked about not only the empowerment of the individual, but the empowerment of the community. How's right. that going? Well, it's going, it's going pretty good. And I think what you're talking about is uh, it's called nation building. Okay. And uh, Harvard Project and Native Nations Institute did a research back in 1986 on economic development in Indian country. And they had two models. One is the standard approach, and then one is the nation-building approach. What Dave Williams is talking to you about, about empowerment, that's exactly the nation-building model. You invest in your own people. Mm -hmm. You start. They start businesses right on Main Street, which we have done when I was on council. They start a arts and craft shop. They started a, a mother and daughter started a floral and a beauty, a, a beauty shop. Uh, there's a, <clears throat> a, a clothing uh, wear that a lady started in a, a coffee shop, another lady. So we had a handful of people, enrolled members, start their own businesses right on Main Street. And so that's the nation-building approach. You empower your own people. And and, and, and the Missouri River Resource, that's the same concept. Hiring people that enroll, go get training to be pumpers. And so one of the gentlemen that I used to coach in high school at Partial high school his father's on the council and he's one of our pumpers he's an enrolled member and he's just we did a tour one time and man was he slick he knew everything up and down on that well site and all the monitors and everything he was like a joy just to see a young kid just knew about everything about the the industry from the ground up what amazing opportunities amazing. oh my goodness yes, yes absolutely yeah and uh, i think with north dakota it, we're in a unique position here 
And I think we could be a model for the rest of the nation. When you talk about tribes, when you talk about the state of North Dakota, you talk about industry, the oil industry, we have collaborated mm -hmm. on many situations and lobbied at the state capitol for, for legislation to help improve the, 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 the environment and uh, to be more friendly to, to everyone. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. So this is a great model for the rest of the country, how tribes, how, how the state government, how the federal government, and how the oil industry all can partner to make things work. I love the word empowerment because you're empowering people to be educated, to be part of a community, to thrive and learn. And without that, even in a family setting, you know, you you don't thrive. So right. the opportunity is... Well, there's a goal saying, I thought about this with that education bill earlier we talked about uh, off air, but strong families create strong communities, yeah. which create strong states. And that's what it's all about. If we have a strong family, got their quality of life improves, mm -hmm. and they, they, they can make ends meet and be productive in a community, good citizens, your whole, your whole community thrives. You mentioned the federal government, you mentioned lobbyists, you mentioned a few things. How is the relationship right now with the federal government? I don't even know how to ask this question without getting into <laughs> politics because it's just, it's it, we're in a bizarre time. Really, we are. And I, I really actually, I, I'm worried about you guys because your company has done so much for so many people and you've done so much for the nation in terms of an example that a swipe of the pen can just take all this away, and it really concerns me. Um, am I freaking out too much, or talk to me about what's going on on the federal level, because that has got to influence and impact you guys. Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind when you make that statement is the uh, the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. Interesting. I would have thought the yeah, federal yeah, land lease yeah, was the first. because uh, I know Chairman Fox has been very adamant and yeah. publicly and, and in the media about if uh, what kind of impact that's going to have on our nation and our people if uh, that is shut down. Personally, my heart thinks that it won't happen mm -hmm. because the federal government has a moral obligation to us as native tribes and native nations. They have a moral obligation and a trust responsibility. And we have treaty rights. Mm -hmm. And so if you start there, that, that this oil activity, which we're blessed with to have on our land, is that we have had a, uh, I would say, decent would be a word I'm using as a former tribal council member and now as a land and mineral owner and a chairman of the board for oil company. I'd say a decent relationship with the federal government. Could it improve? Of course. I think the relationship can improve. And I think um, with uh, Deb Helen as our Secretary of the Interior, uh, it'd be good to have her uh, tour our reservation. Uh, and look at uh, the enormous activity that's going on, the economic development, uh, the, the people, the quality of life that our people have. Uh, you know, there's always an upside and downside. Everybody will tell you that. There's an upside and downside. But we tend to focus on the upside and, and look at opportunities for our people. So the relationship, I think, uh, to answer your question, is decent, but it could improve going forward. You mentioned Dapple. Native American, energy company, Dakota Access Pipeline. I don't even know if I need to ask the question, <laughs> but I will. 
Uh, what type of relationship just internally amongst the Native Americans are you guys going through? Do you have? I mean, just talk to me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. It's, it's well, when, when Dapple, are there mixed emotions about yeah, it? Yeah, I think there is. To be honest with you, I think there is. There's uh, two sides of the coin, as so everybody says. Yeah. Two sides of the story. And I think from our point of view, of course, uh, our tribe, the majority of our tribe, uh, I would say is pro-energy because it's right there, you know. Um, and then, but if you go to neighboring tribes, like uh, in the in the peak of Dapple protest, uh, we were there, we supported the tribe just as a nation-to-nation a -nation just to help support. We're more of a, yeah. And, and then just, you know, we, we, you know we, don't, we don't want to tell you how to do your job. You know, we, we're not, you know, we're just there to support your position. That's basically what it was. You were in a tough position. Yes, yes. And that's basically all we did. And when we showed up, I think people, a lot of people were shocked that we showed up as a, as a, as a tribal council, as a nation. That's strength. Tribal leaders, yeah. yes. Right. Basically it was, we're here to support you. And whatever decision you guys make, you know, we're supportive of that. And so really, I mean, it's the question, I guess, isn't as juicy as I thought it was. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the majority of your, your, your nation, your tribe, is cool with it. Some of the other neighboring ones aren't. And it's just like... Do you think it's a, an, an education education thing about oil and gas and the yes the value of it yes in absolutely. terms of you know safe transportation yes, of oil absolutely. and gas absolutely if you have a chance to interview travis helm he's our uh, public uh he's a pipeline safety uh officer he's got a whole graph and charts that question you asked when when we had a number of truck traffic accidents on highways at a reservation when the boom first started because of lack of infrastructure. And he's got a chart that shows that it was on the uprise. But when Dapple came along and started operating, those deaths on the highway start decreasing. And he shared with a lot of people that if it was to shut down again, you're going to see this go back up again, right. deaths on the highways. One is too many. We know that. So the safest and quickest way to get oil to market is by pipeline. Right. And Especially in North but, Dakota because yes. you have very high, um, what's the word, when it's volatile. Yes. And you have to reduce the, uh, I'm trying to, stable, you have to stabilize the oil. So you have mm -hmm. to go through extra processes. Yes. No, oil has a, is very... Vapor. Vapor pressure. Vapor. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You have to reduce the vapor pressure and stabilize the oil so that it's safe to transport it yes. by train or right. by truck. And right. so with through a pipeline, you don't really have that same mm -hmm. volatility. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's the safest and most economically way to transport oil is, is through the pipe. And of course, well, I think that's a great question. But I think that for next, what's next for us is we're looking at going forward and, uh, and being diligent but also i think like i said earlier i think there's an opportunity which the theme around here this morning was partnerships partner together to develop and uh <clears throat> people have talked about oil plays in the past there's a number i think we started all probably 35 to 40 oil companies when the play first started on the reservation now we dwindled down to about 10 or 12. Huh. and so and some people tell you by the time it's all done and fully matured they're building about four or five hmm. You know, and I believe it. <laughs> I know. I didn't know that. Well, that's 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 the theme I heard all this morning. Really interesting. Yes. Like strength in numbers. Yes. 
right? I mean, it makes sense. It Let's does. all work together. Right? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, I think it, right now we're at a place where we have to. Because well, with the downturn, everyone ha- has right. had to lay people off and right. you're, have a lean staff, and now you have to be yes. innovative and yes, come up I'd, with creative ways absolutely. to... I just talked to one of the uh, oil companies in Denver, and some of their folks are coming, but they said like, they have a restricted uh, travel uh, rule in their in their office right now. So I'm just, you know, of course, the speakers and keynotes are coming, but everybody else has to stay home. <laughs> so that's what you talked about. The, there's a lot of restrictions to... A lot of the companies, and they're looking at budget, looking at. Uh, right. Uh, Did you guys get hit by COVID much in, internally? Or? Well, there were some. There was a handful, but uh, not. not yes, not like some tribes did. Oh, and then Navajo really got hit hard, too. Yeah. I don't think ours was as bad, but there again, one is too many, like I said, and, and we had a few, which was uh, unfortunate, and our prayers and thoughts goes out to those families. Yeah. How about with other tribes? Um, before we got on the air, we mentioned the Seminoles. We mentioned yes. the Utah Utes, who's probably, Utah probably has oh. got some great models. I tell you what, we had them at, models. yes, <laughs> when I was on the council, we had the Southern Utes come to our our, our economic uh, development summit. Okay. And when they walked in the room, I tell you what, these guys were some serious people. They were dressed to the hilts. They had their briefcases on. They had their trench coats on. Man, and they were, oh, man. my goodness. <laughs> they, you knew these guys were serious people. But uh, that's a, that's the sovereignty model Missouri River Resources is after. It is okay. Absolutely, and uh, they have a they have a model that uh, has worked, and uh, they're very successful. Very and successful. All about sharing the information oh, to help empower yes. the others. They empowered us. There is that word again. Yes, There's I love that, that They word. empowered us. That man, this this can be attainable. It can be achievable. And I think they more or less passed the torch to us. Uh, they gave, in, our, in our custom, they, we blanket people. And we had the Southern Ute logo, and they blanketed it, Dave, oh. w- Dave Williams and I. And like it's like passing off the torch. Nice. Yes. I, I, I just got chill goosebumps. I think that's incredible. I know. Yeah. It's, that's great. The other thing I wanted to make sure people understood, too, is that um, you guys are so serious that you went out and found... In basically an oil and gas college that specializes <laughs> in Native Americans. <laughs> I, I mean, such a thing. Farmington, New, New Mexico. Mexico. So there's a North Dakota, New Mexico connection. Right. Uh, t- talk to. Do you know much about that college or? Why well, I, I do not. Okay. And and Dave Williams would. Uh, Dave knew all. Yes, he knew all about it and. Uh, and he, Almost like that was his Yes, job. it was a partnership, actually. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. And, it, and and the concept's out there. It's kind of like train North Dakota, yeah. basically. You know, it's, it's train up your people, bring them back, and get them in, get them in on the on the field and, and on the ground and working. And, and uh, that's, that was the whole idea with, through that partnership. I thought that was a great oh. idea because it's a way to connect other cultures Absolutely. and communities yes. with the same interest. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it is a pretty tangible thing that's being absolutely absolutely you know, it's not like marketing where it's all intangible right right so right that's why i thought it was really neat that you know farmington new mexico uh the college and, and everything like right that. So, right uh, are you guys looking outside of north dakota one day or you got so much acres and, and reserves in north dakota that that's going to keep you busy for the next 20 years well i think going forward and looking uh, down the road somewhat i think uh, there there may be some opportunity there that'd be awesome and uh, and just to just to know how big the bakken is it's a global play right everybody understands that and we had the president of argentina contact us 
because they had a big oil play in Argentina, uh, but it was on indigenous land. And they wanted to find a model how they can work with the indigenous people. And who did they reach out to us? Missouri River Resources. To be a, to be a bridge. <laughs> yes, how do absolutely. We do this? They said, how do, we, so, how do we do this? When you think about this play, right? Oh, I mean, it is amazing. Imagine I mean, going from being, you know, Native American to all of a sudden international consultant. On right. Within wow. Years. Or right? just a third party provider to another tribe. Right. There you go. There. Invited to party school. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, when everybody talks about the Bakken early on, they ran out of superlatives to describe it. And and the potential here is enormous. I'm going to use that word because if you look at that red power energy that was on Prairie Public and Dave's in there and Kara Curry Hall, myself, uh, it talks about that. It's enormous. And the potential in Indian country is enormous when it comes to national security, when it comes to energy resources. We're like, we're a big deal. <laughs> yeah. We're a big deal. All right, so last question here. How can we, and by we, you and others, help get the message out there? Because you've got an amazing story. And I personally think this is the type of story that should be said, that, that should be told on the nightly news, okay? I'm serious, because <laughs> right. there's so much good happening. Right. And again, not even the whole, you're Native American and you're an oil company. That alone is front page news, okay? Right. So right. outside of, you know, little old shows like Crude Life and <laughs> President of Argentina, you know, us, us folk. How do we help get the message out there? What can people do? What do you want people to do? What do you want Whiting to do? You know? Okay. Right. I think it, what you're doing right now is just interviewing people, getting on the airwaves. And then if it's uh, the conferences like this, you know, uh, just letting uh, people know who we are. And uh, Dave Williams, you see, they will probably get interviewed here in the next few days. And I don't know if you have a chance to uh, interview Chairman Mark Fox, who's also on the board of directors as well. So it, it's just uh, being involved, being good neighbors, being good partners. And I think uh, getting the word out and uh, just letting people know who we are. And uh, because it is a success story, uh, it was an idea on paper with my boyhood friend Dave Williams. Idea on paper. And boom, here we are. I love what you've done. I love your message of enrichment and education and training and strength in your community. Oh man. I wish you guys all the best. I'm I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes.
Cause I'm gonna be 